I said Rockstar made a mistake and I was wrong. The Asian gangsters in GTA 5 yell out, Mr. Phillips! I always assumed that this was a voice line, specifically because the they're like the antagonists of Trevor. Trevor, his name being Trevor Phillips, so Mr. Phillips. Mr. Phillips! And so when I heard this line online, I'm like, oh, I can't believe Rockstar left that line in. But it turns out they're not saying Mr. Phillips, or well, rather they are, but in Mandarin, in that accent that they're saying, it means like, I will kill you. It just coincidentally sounds like Mr. Phillips! So Rockstar didn't make a mistake, and it's just a funny coincidence. Everything is mid now. You guys heard everyone referring to stuff as mid? I kind of like it. What's mid? Uh, it's like average. I believe that's, well, at least that's how I'm interpreting it. It's not my fault that you're mid. It like nothing special. Chat, I bestow upon you the greatest honor that I can in this current internet meme age. You are not mid. Gamer is a cringe word. Gamer is such a cringe word nowadays, is it? A total gamer thing to say. I mean, true, it does seem like everyone's a gamer to some degree. I'm an epic gamer? Yeah. We just need more things to differentiate gamers from each other. I'm an epic gamer. That feeling of reaching your peak. Yeah, gone are the days where I had like 16k viewers at the height of the pandemic, uh, playing, um, chaos. It does suck to recognize when you've hit your peak, and I definitely peaked. Doesn't mean I can't re-peak for a different reason. Like, as I'm saying like this, uh, I'm, I'm gonna be going down for a bit, for a while. But I mean, when I'm doing stuff like this, I mean, I can't really blame... I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not doing stuff right now to help myself, am I? Will I make content for the rest of my life? Matt, do you think you will be doing Twitch and YouTube for the rest of your life, even when you have a family one day? For one, I doubt I'm ever going to have a family. I doubt it. But for two, I don't think I'll be able to stay in the limelight forever. And sometimes, like, it does get to me having so many things to do and the, the stresses of all that and all that jazz. And I don't know what else I would want to do with my life. So I'm going to assume that, yeah, I would do it forever. But uh, who knows? Maybe I'll find something else. I'm not sure. How do you feel the empty air as a small streamer? What is my advice for what to talk about when you're just starting out and there's no one to talk to and stuff? I don't know, because it's not something that you can just do infinitely. When I would play UTD, I would explain what I was doing and why I'm doing it. But that can only go so far, you know? You've got to have a knack for it, and I certainly didn't have it when I started. That's why I say, uh, just streaming to get big is kind of foolish. You need to do other stuff, YouTube content and whatnot. To get a couple of viewers, the streaming experience is far, far easier. But the amount of people who want to watch a small stream, especially considering small streamers are generally worse at streaming, is not an crazy amount of people. Is there a characteristic that separates successful streamers from normal people? I've talked about this before. You grow into the role of being a streamer. Very few people start off with the exact, you know, behaviors and manner of speech and, and energy and stuff that are, or way of interacting with the, the viewership or whatever. This is exactly how you should be to be a successful streamer. If you look at everyone who's successful streamers now, first stream, they fucking sucked in the beginning. But if you are lucky enough to have enough success to stick around, you eventually just get better and better over time. Certainly some people, their personalities are more communicative, uh, more interesting, you're more witty, more funny, whatever, and they do better. But in general, it is a role that you grow into. I, it isn't just personality 
that determines your success on Twitch. It's when you started, how many viewers you could bring to the platform, what you try to stream, whether you received enough positive reinforcement in the early days for you to see it worthwhile, see it as worthwhile for you to continue. All these variables, there's a lot of luck involved. Some people are clearly more or less suited to this career. And the more suited you are, the easier it's going to be for you to stick around long enough to get better and better at it. Yeah, persistence is key. What to think about when you start making content on YouTube. So I had a person contact me yesterday and they were like, can you tell me what I'm doing wrong with this video? Basically, their video was the most generic topic video of all time. Like it's something that a thousand videos have been made about by big channels, small channels. When I looked up the title of their video, there was literally another video with the exact same title about the exact same topic that came out 10 months earlier. And they asked me like, what, what am I doing wrong here? Why are people not clicking this video? I really want to make a video like just giving endless advice about what you should be thinking about when you're making content. But bare minimum, you should think to yourself, is this video actually good? Will people enjoy watching it? Not simply that I enjoy making it or did I enjoy editing it? Would people actually want to watch it from start to finish and why? But more importantly, if the video showed up in a person's recommendation feed, would they want to click it? Is there any audience that would? Why would they want to click it? Like if you're making the thousandth and first video on a topic, where's the audience left for that video? Where are they? If your thumbnail looks so generic as fuck, that doesn't look like it offers anything different from everyone else who made a video on that topic, why would anyone click it? Like you can make the greatest video on a topic, but if you are the thousandth person to that topic and you're not doing anything different, why bother? You can make the greatest video in the world, but if no one's willing to click it because it just looks generic as fuck, it's not gonna get any views. Especially when starting out, you can't afford just to do the same thing that everyone else has done. When you're already big, you can get away with doing like what everyone else is doing because you're, you're big, you've already got an audience or whatever, but you can't do that, especially when small. Even when big, it's not a good move. Success on YouTube is largely just about finding non-saturated markets. You either find something no one is doing that an audience wants to see, or you find a form of content already watched by an audience, but you bring something new to the table. You give the content a new twist, which differentiates your content from what already exists, while still appealing to that already established audience. The greatest takedown of NFTs that has ever existed. For everyone who hasn't seen it, I highly recommend this video. I was concerned that I would never be able to experience love in my life. I thought I would just go through the entire life and not understand what that feeling is like. Then I found this video and I'm in love. This is the greatest video that has ever been made ever. It's two, almost two and a half hours long. So it is, it does take some time to watch the whole thing, but every single point of it could be its own video. It is the most well-crafted explanation of crypto, NFTs, and why they both suck incredibly, and why the promises of both are nonsense and actually hide a seedy underbelly of horrible shit that if any of them reach, reach mass ado adoption, we'll all be fucked. And things will just get massively worse. All the problems that they purport to try to solve, they actually make 10 times worse. I know that sounds unlikely, perhaps, to you, but this video is irrefutable. It is, it is just so perfectly crafted. No one could watch this video without learning at least a hundred different things. This is the sort of video that the ideal media landscape would just be videos of this nature. They wouldn't be videos like mine. They wouldn't be videos like, I don't know, just some guy 
reacting to some shit. It would just be this. These in-depth, well-researched documentaries that must, it must, this must have taken like weeks, if not months to make. It is just beautiful craft, craftsmanship. As a content creator, I can't hold a candle to whoever this fuck this person is. Um, I'm not sub to them, I don't think. I want to see everything this person has ever made. Yeah, so watch this video. It's great. Even statements of like, NFTs are garbage, but the tech is good. No. This is just something that we repeat. It's not true. It's all trash. If you're hearing this in the future and you haven't seen this video, go watch it. You guys in my stream right now, you can, you can go watch it. I'll still be here two and a half hours later and you can come back and go, Matt, that was the greatest video I've ever seen. I know. Finding out Lyric the streamer is an NFT show. Wait, did Lyric shell NFTs? There's no way. Lyric announces NFT collection. Wow, what an asshole. Lyric said there'll be 10,000 NFTs minted and each one will be priced at $50. So half a million dollars for nothing. He compared the price point to buying a shirt from a merch store, but with a shirt on a merch store, you get a shirt! You get a physical item that is sent through the mail and there are expenses involved. An NFT is a digital garbage thing that has no real purpose. It is a JPEG. Wow. Or rather you're buying a link that goes to the JPEG that could hypothetically change something else. Holy shit. Where the fuck is Lyric? I have been a follower of Lyric for like, I don't know, like a bajillion years or something. I mean, let me see here. Following since 2015, this man can go fuck himself. Where's the unfollow button? Rip. Will TikTok come to replace YouTube? I, no, I don't believe that uh, TikTok will ever come to fully replace YouTube. YouTube is technically currently like, what, two, three times bigger than TikTok? It's less that um, TikTok will ever fully replace YouTube and more that TikTok will ease into the time that YouTube once filled. The nanosecond you want to search up something, but in particular, you search it up on YouTube. There is just a lot of content that you can't really fit into three minutes. You know what I'm saying? Or like 57 parts, whatever. And given how little TikTok pays out to creators, you find people that get significant success on TikTok, they try to make it on YouTube, preferably, right? I mean, as much as sponsor money is is big, it just, YouTube, TikTok pays so little. It pays, what? What, what, did, what did it say? Hank Green said, um, one fourth of a cent per thousand views or something. YouTube, uh, TikTok's current creator program is set up so that it's a fixed amount and the percentage you get is the, I, I am too tired to explain it. Watch Hank Green's video. Yeah, I have seen Hank video, uh, Hank Green's video about TikTok conversation, yeah. Interesting guy. Honestly, Jono, I think everyone who will just post their stuff to both TikTok and YouTube and continue to do that. Sometimes some content would only be suited to YouTube, so you'd only put it on YouTube, and some would be only suited to TikTok, so you'd only put it on TikTok. You just do both. Shorts are not monetized. Not presently, except in the same, like, you can get some money through the YouTube creator program, similar to the TikTok one, but it's just not a lot of money. It's mainly for just advertising yourself and bringing people to your other content. Will I upgrade to Windows 11? I doubt it. I mean, like, obviously, eventually, but I'll be, like, one of the last people to change. Like, when you're using your system for recreational purposes, if something goes wrong, you have a little bit of a frustration. For me, if I upgrade and something goes wrong, uh, I can lose, like, you know, eons of work. It can set me back, you know, bare minimum a dozen hours of work, and I could also lose stuff that I'm already working on. It's just not worth the risk. Because the upsides of changing seem effectively non-existent currently. GTA YouTuber tier list. I clicked on a random video yesterday. It said GTA 5 YouTuber tier list, and I was in it. 
and it put me as a god, and I was like, oh, that's sweet. I didn't click it as like a, I'm gonna be in this kind of thing. I was like, I wonder what other GTA YouTubers people know about, kind of thing. I was like, oh, I'm in there. That's sweet. A lot of the comments were like, you forgot this person, you forgot this person. I wonder how many GTA YouTubers there are, like, like making a video a week or something. There must be at least like a hundred, right? Who are like over a hundred, a hundred K subs, let's say. Especially if you're counting other languages. You reckon you get to a thousand? Maybe. It's very hard, uh, doing ranking videos of people unless you say it's a joke up front. You can, it's, it's a very easy way to burn bridges, you know what I'm saying? Or like just be mean. Because obviously if, uh, you personally don't like their content, it's nothing, but no one wants to hear, oh, you know, I don't like your content. Or put another way, everyone knows that everyone out there doesn't, like, you're not going to have everyone like your content. But it's, but knowing that it's different than a person telling you outright, yeah, I don't like your stuff. Fuck you. It's like, oh. Is this Rambles series good for life lessons? Rambles is where you get your life lessons? I'm not saying I have all the answers, but I have spent time considering things that maybe other people have less time to consider. I'm not saying watching my videos will give you all the answers to life's questions, but it will give you a perspective on it that maybe can help you think about stuff. The show Arcane on Netflix, which is an adaptation of League of Legends. Have you watched Arcane on Netflix yet? I was watching it as it released, as in like, um, week to week or whatever. It's one of the greatest shows of all time. It might be one of the few 10 out of 10 shows that have ever been made. And I was sad to hear that it took six years to make. But that was six years without like, it's probably six years including like shopping around the idea and, you know, storyboarding it and stuff and, and thinking about the designs. Now it's a more, it actually exists and it's shown itself, you know, I'm sure the next season will take less time. But uh, I'm, I wasn't surprised to hear it took that long because of how good it was. I mean, it's rare to find someone who doesn't like Harkane, honestly. You haven't watched, what's the theme? Basically, it's, it's based in the League of Legends universe. They're basically uh, creating lore for the world. It's hard to explain. It's just beautifully written. Uh, the voice acting is amazing. The, the artistry is amazing. Like, look it up. I'm sure on IMDb, it's probably like 10 out of 10. It's just amazing. You don't need to know anything. It, it is a standalone thing. You, like, there's no benefit to knowing anything about League of Legends. I don't know anything about League of Legends. I loved it. And as a matter of fact, I, you, you're probably better off knowing nothing. Because you won't be like, oh, I wonder who, who that character is or whatever. It's not like a lore series. It's, it's just a series that brings inspiration or characters from the, the franchise. Arcane will forever be one of those shows where uh, if someone asks you, like, what show can I watch? The very first thing you say is, have you seen Arcane? Viewer is desperate to know what keyboard I use. Can you be my editing sensei, please? Commands, keyboard, what keyboard and mouse do you use? Setup, what keyboard and mouse do you use? Why are you gay? Your name. No, he said he. What keyboard and mouse do you use? Question mark. You're really sus lately. Why are you ignoring my messages? I am too gay for you. You, I know you see this. What the fuck is your keyboard? Why do you care? Why is this information so important for you to know? If I don't get this information, I will die. Give me the answers. I didn't see all of them, I just looked now. I have a wireless 502 from Logitech and a 10 keyless from uh, HyperX. I will not leave until I get the answers that I crave. Viewer loves glutes. Glutes review, I love glutes. Do you do swats? The people wanna see OnlyFans glutes. What is the angle of your GPU? What are your thoughts on dodecahedrons? Michael Glute spread comp. Glutes. Glutes are lit. Matt, what are your thoughts on glutes? Glutes. 
Glutes. You, we must have the glutes, Matt. How would you feel if GTA had glutes animations? Capra pride, me when glutes. I don't know, but glutes are pretty cool. Pegging got nothing on glutes. This dude has been here for like almost a year. Said basically nothing. And it's just, this is just his chat now. Okay. Am I attempting to get my speedrunning world records back and do I have an advantage? Uh, I, I would just continue to improve and if I feel like I'm within the domain of um, being able to get world record, I'll go for it. But it's not super likely. Like I got a lot of other stuff to do. But I mean, so does everyone else, right? It's funny because in ages past, I had an advantage because I could do runs all day, every day. And like Torx and Dutess had other stuff in their lives that they had to do. But now, because of my commitments with all my content and stuff, I have other stuff I need to do as well. So even though I do do this for a living, I don't necessarily have an advantage over other people because the actual amount of, you know, runs that I can do is about the same or maybe a little bit less than other people. But I suppose like, if I was really keen to get world record, I could do nothing else but run this. But uh, I have other interests and things I want to achieve as well. Like I'd be happy just to be even somewhat within the, do within the domain of competitive within six months. <laughs> but I mean, even that I feel is uh, asking for a bit much. People are really good these days, man. It's, uh, it's lovely to see. Do YouTubers care if their viewers buy the sponsored products? Do YouTubers that do sponsors really care if people buy or try the products? In some cases, a sponsorship can involve uh, some sort of a kickback based on uh, how many sales are done, or they can involve commissions, so you can get a certain percentage of sales. I don't traditionally do those kind of deals, but the only way a sponsor will re-sign with a person, like do another sponsorship, give you another chunk, chunk of money, is if there's been a reasonable amount of sales, that they think it's worth it. Not all sponsorships have explicit ways to measure conversions of um, people buying the product or may being aware more of the product, but traditionally they do. You get sponsored, maybe for, well, usually for a lump sum. And then on the back end, sponsors like, we sold X amount of products from this link. Therefore, it was worth the amount of money that we paid them. So let's do it again. How much money would I need to stay a night in a cemetery? How much money would it take me to get, to spend a night in a cemetery? And like, the calculation there isn't because it's a cemetery, but because it'd be cold and I, I have stuff to do. What would be the big deal about spending time in the cemetery? Sure, I'd have to counteract like the basic psychological sort of agency detection in an unfamiliar dark place that everyone's brain goes through. Can I just stay on the grounds? Is there like a house there that people live in? I mean, in cemeteries, there's some comfortable homes there. Oh, like a uh, funeral services and stuff there. Like, what do you have to be afraid of, man? You know how many people? die of unnatural causes at a cemetery? Zero. If you were under any threat of danger from being in a cemetery, then people who work in cemeteries would have like the highest turnover rate or like the highest levels of on-site deaths. This is not the case. Why do you think that ghost tours and ghost houses can legally set up? They have to get a business license. They have to get business insurance. Do you know how much business insurance would cost for a ghost tour if there was actual any danger to people going on it? It's all psychological bullshit, my guy. I know it seems really real because it's, that's the point of your brain, but uh, going into more detail would be too long of an explanation. I'm, I'm just not in the mood, but it's just psychological, man. It's why humans have invented literally tens of thousands, just that we know about supernatural creatures and literally, well, many thousands, just that we know about of gods. We are 
hyper-intensive agency-detecting machines. And we hate ambiguity, we want to feel a sense of control, we want some sense of understanding, and we assume agency until proven, proven otherwise. And the combination of all these psychological fault, faults that have kept us alive throughout the generations, but are not super useful now necessarily, is that we literally invent invisible shit to explain anything we don't, don't understand. And the entirety of human history has been smart people going, you know that invisible thing that we use to explain this thing? Maybe it's not that thing. And we should think of the actual reason for it. And then we find an actual reason. And then we move on. Be sure to like and subscribe. Also leave a comment if you have something on your mind. My feed gives them to me from all over my channel. It doesn't matter how old the video is.